The opinions expressed on the following program are my own. I'm just one of the two Canadian dudes, and I got an opinion to share with you today. And I'm really glad you're listening. This is Welcome to another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Awakener. Just before we begin, I just want to do a few things. Number one, thank you to all my fans. Thank you to every single person who downloads my show, takes time, listens to me, sends me emails, sends Agent Whitaker emails. Uh, honestly, we really appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. There was a time when we started this podcast where we knew something was going on. We started talking. We organized the podcast. We were getting 30 listens a show when we first started, right? Obviously, this has exponentially grown, mainly because the stuff we're telling you, even though, you know, Agent Whitaker and me can be funny in certain times and the stuff we talk about uh, is kind of off the map and off the charts and a little bit outrageous. Um, the majority of stuff that we've told you guys is true. We believe we're the only ones here in Canada that have put together the pieces of the puzzle to explain the craziness that you are witnessing. Every single day, something happens in the news, some craziness here, some craziness there. And if you follow the news with a with a needle and haystack mentality, you're going to get lost. And a lot of people are, are completely lost when it comes to what is actually happening. What has been brewing, I would say, since 2001. That right now that you're witnessing is a full-on rebellion inside the United States of America. I have told you from day one, the entire operation that you've witnessed with Trump and with Biden currently in office is nothing other than an FBI sting operation from day one. Is an FBI sting operation to come forward because Obama was a traitor. Well, his, his Secret Service codename was Renegade, which basically means traitor. He boasted a number of times about he had some secret evil agenda. He laughed about it. I am here to explain to you what he was planning. The forces of the world that are working under his agenda. There is a communist plot to do in America, to do in Israel, control Saudi Arabia, create one world government. Just like there's an agenda for America first as well. These two agendas have been at war with each other since 1945. Both sides amassing huge amounts of nuclear missiles that could destroy the world 10 times over. Now, the UN agenda that existed in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s has been corrupted and it is completely gone. That agenda of conquering the communists and everyone knowing that communism is evil and teaching kids in our schools about values, keeping our marriages and our families together, that is long fucking gone. Now we have this bullshit Marxism. And if you can't figure out all the weirdos that are on the street right now who claim to be, excuse me, who claim to be uh, pro this and pro that, they're all Marxists. Each and every one of them are Marxists. This movement you're witnessing is Marxism. It's, it's plain and simple. Once you understand communism, you understand exactly what's going on. And that brings me to my latest post. Obama was a traitor. The FBI discovered a Russian bribery, bribery plot connected to the uranium and the Hillary Clinton Foundation, I guess the Clinton Foundation. And I have told you from day one that the FBI always wanted to come forward that there was mass treason and corruption going on inside the U.S. government involving the U.S. enemies, and the FBI couldn't come forward. Number one, because everybody was being blackmailed because Hillary was running the State Department. Hillary was being blackmailed herself. And all you have to do to understand what has happened with Comey scuttling Hillary, her polls dropping, and then Trump coming along, and Trump being an FBI informant, 
it's just an FBI job. All this is an FBI job to get the public ready for the treason to be announced because the treason is going to be so astronomical that people are not going to be able to to understand fully or absorb it if it didn't go about this way. Put it this way. The communists have always hated us. They've always hated freedom. They have hated America. They've hated Israel. The Islamists have always hated Saudi Arabia and all the oil and the relationship that Saudi Arabia has forged with America. This is precisely as what has made the Western world very, very powerful. Barack Obama was engineering a power structure changing war. Why else would you fund ISIS? Why would all these Middle Eastern nations be on on this to surround Israel with all its enemies? Put the plots or the pieces of the plot together. Why would Russia procure the U.S. uranium? Why would China steal the nuclear technology? What, who are they allies with? North Korea? Is North Korea CIA? Was Obama then forcing North Korea to develop these weapons with Russia and China? This is stuff that nobody else is talking about except the Wakener podcast. Okay? So I'm going to bring you back, ladies and gentlemen, one more time. Okay? And I'm going to bring you back to James, Comey, James Comey's testimony. The reason I'm going to bring you back is because everyone's talking about Durham. I told you that Durham was going to bring the entire house of cards down. I told you Hillary was going to go down for everything, and everybody's going to know about all the corruption, her emails and her open email server and the secret access programs, everything. But nobody believed me. I got emails from people saying, you're crazy. None of your predictions have come true. I'll just eat, eat this, motherfuckers. Just wait. Just wait. Listen. Director, did the special counsel's office review and or edit your written testimony? No. Do you have any doubt that Russia attempted to interfere in the 2016 elections? None. Do you have any doubt that the Russian government was behind the intrusions in the DNC and the DCCC systems and the subsequent leaks of that information? No, no doubt. Do you have any doubt that the Russian government was behind the cyber intrusion into state voter files? No. Do you have any doubt that officials of the Russian government were fully aware of these activities? No doubt. Are you confident that no votes cast in the 2016 presidential election were altered? I'm confident. By the time when I left as director, I'd seen no indication of that whatsoever. Now, Comey and Trump... You know, look at the common denominator here. I'm just going to interrupt. Comey, uh, Giuliani, Mueller, all these people kind of took down Gambino crime families in the 80s, right? So they're not going to act on TV like they're all working together, obviously, okay? But just listen. Director Comey, did the president at any time ask you to stop the FBI investigation into Russian involvement in the 2016 U.S. elections? Not to my now, the Russian investigation in 2016 election was blackmail. Why was Russia procuring the U.S. uranium? The FBI knew about it. This 2016 Russian interference is blackmail. It's not about Trump being blackmailed, right? It's about Hillary being blackmailed. No. Did any individual working for this administration, including the Justice Department, ask you to stop the Russian investigation? No. Director, when the president requested that you, and I quote, let Flynn go. <coughs> General Flynn uh, had an unreported contact with the Russians, which is a, an offense. 
And if press accounts are right, there might have been discrepancies between facts and his FBI testimony. In your estimation, was General Flynn at that time in serious legal jeopardy? And in addition to that, do you sense that the president was trying to obstruct justice or just seek um, for a way for Mike Flynn to save face, given he had already been fired? Now, remember I told you that Michael Flynn had made those phone calls to the Russian ambassador, knowing that he was wiretapped at the time? Michael Flynn was the instigator of the trap. They hatched Michael Flynn to the enemy because the enemy wanted to take down Flynn and then wanted to take down Trump because they thought that Flynn was the cause of all their problems, which was Trump. General Flynn at that point in time was in legal jeopardy. There was an open FBI criminal investigation of his statements in connection with the Russian contacts and the contacts themselves. And so that was my assessment at the time. I don't think it's for me to say whether the conversation I had with the president was an effort to obstruct. I took it as a very disturbing thing, very concerning, but that's a conclusion I'm sure the special counsel will work towards to try and understand what the intention was there and whether that's an offense. Now, remember in the special counsel investigation that it was created under the guise of this awful investigation that was was hatched on Trump. But Trump told you this was a witch hunt all from the start. This is not a this is not a witch hunt in the sense that they're coming after him. This is a witch hunt and they're going after Hillary. Now, the first step in this was when Comey leaked these memos to his friend and his friend leaked them to the press. This created the guise for a special counsel and everyone bad inside the FBI leadership that was under Comey and Robert Mueller before him. Every single person who tried to modify Flynn's 302s and tried to get Flynn was fired. Director, is it possible that as part of this FBI investigation, the FBI could find evidence of criminality that is not tied to the, two, to the 2016 elections, possible collusion, or coordination with Russians? Sure. So this has nothing to do with the 2016 election. And Comey just said it yourself. This is not about Trump. This is not about Trump being under investigation. This is not about Trump and Russian influence. This is about Hillary and Russian influence. So there could be something that just fits a criminal aspect to this that doesn't have anything to do with the 2016 election cycle. Correct. In any complex investigation, when you start turning over rocks, sometimes you find things that are Amen. unrelated to the primary investigation that are criminal in nature. Huh. Director Comey, you have been criticized publicly for the decision to present your findings on the email investigation directly to the American people. Have you learned anything since that time that would have changed what you said or how you chose to inform the American people? Honestly, no. I mean, it now, he's, re he's referring to when he came forward two weeks before the election, announced that Hillary was under new investigation, which scuttled Hillary's poll numbers by about 7% and caused Trump to win the 2016 election. Caused a whole lot of personal pain for me. But as I look back, given what I knew at the time and even what I've learned since, I think it was the best way to try and protect the justice institution, including the FBI. In the public uh, domain is this question of the Steele dossier. Ah, Durham, uh, Steele. A document that has been around now for over a year. 
Uh, I'm not sure when the FBI first took possession of it, but the media had it before you had it and I, we had it. Uh, at the time of your departure from the FBI, was the FBI able to confirm any criminal allegations contained in the Steele document? Mr. Chairman, I don't think that's a question I can answer in an open setting because it goes into the details of the investigation. So the Steele dossier, in my opinion, is the investigation. This is why Hillary did the Steele dossier because she was being blackmailed because she didn't want the FBI to find out about her problems. Um, Director, the term we hear most often is collusion. When people are describing possible links between Americans and Russian government entities related to the interference in our election, would you say that it's normal for foreign governments to reach out to members of an incoming administration? Yes. At what point does the normal contact cross the line into an attempt to recruit agents or influence or spies? Uh, here Difficult we go. to say in the abstract. It depends upon the context, whether there's an effort to keep it covert, or what the nature of the requests made of the American by the foreign government are. It's a, it's a judgment call based on a whole lot of facts. At what point would that recruitment become a counterintelligence threat to our country? Again, difficult to answer in the abstract, but... Now he refers to politicians being blackmailed. So a counterintelligence operation on a politician by the FBI would be a politician that is being blackmailed by a foreign power and then being coerced to act for that foreign power for against, I guess, America or their nation. When, when a foreign power is using especially coercion or um, some sort of pressure to try and co-opt an American, especially a government official, to act on its behalf, that's a serious concern to the FBI and at the heart of the FBI's counterintelligence mission. So if you've got a 36-page document of, of specific claims that are out there, the FBI would have to, for counterintelligence reasons, try to verify uh, anything that might be claimed in there. One, and probably first and foremost, is the counterintelligence concerns that we have about blackmail. So remember how the FBI never tried to verify the Steele dossier? So the senator there asked straightforward to Comey. So if you get the 36-page document, the Steele dossier, which talks about Trump being blackmailed. Remember he was on a bed Obama slept in and, and hookers were peeing on him? This 36-page document, this, this dossier, should be investigated for ties to blackmail. Remember how the FBI didn't investigate it, though? This is why the Steele dossier and everything that was allowed to happen was because Hillary was the one being blackmailed to do the dossier by the Russians. Right? Trump was never under a counterintelligence operation. Trump was never being investigated for blackmail by Russians. It was Hillary. Would that be an accurate statement? Yes. If the FBI receives a credible allegation that there is some effort to co-op, coerce, direct, uh, employ covertly an American on behalf of the foreign power, that's the basis on which a counterintelligence investigation is open. And when you read the dossier, uh, what was your reaction, given that it was 
100 percent directed at the president-elect? Not a question I can answer in an open setting, Mr. Chairman. Okay. He can't answer an open setting because the Steele dossier is part of the investigation, not against Trump, but once again against Hillary. When did you become aware of the cyber intrusion? The first cyber, there's all kinds of cyber intrusions going on all the time. The first Russia-connected cyber intrusion uh, I became aware of in the late summer of 2015. And in that time frame, there were more than the DNC and the DCCC that were targets. Correct. There was a massive effort to target government and non-governmental, near-governmental agencies like uh, nonprofits. What would be the estimate of how many entities out there the Russians specifically targeted in that time frame? It's hundreds. I suppose it could be more than a thousand, but it's at least hundreds. When did you become aware that data had been exfiltrated? I'm not sure exactly. I think either late 15 or early 16. And did, did you, the director of the FBI, have conversations with the last administration about the risk that this posed? Yes. And share with us, if you will, what actions they took. Well, the FBI had already undertaken an effort to notify all the victims, and that's what we consider the entities that were attacked as part of this massive spear phishing campaign. And so we notified them in an effort to disrupt what might be ongoing. And then there was a series of continuing interactions with entities through the rest of 15 into 16. And then throughout 16, the administration was trying to decide how to respond to the intrusion activity that it saw. And the FBI, in this case, unlike other cases that you might investigate, did you ever have access to the actual hardware that was hacked? Or did you have to rely on a third party uh, to provide you the data that they had collected? In the case of the DNC, and I believe the DCCC, but I'm sure the DNC, we did not have access to the devices themselves. We got relevant forensic information from a private party, a a high-class entity that had done the work, but we didn't get direct access. But no content? Correct. Um, Isn't content an important part of the forensics uh, from a counterintelligence standpoint? It is, although what was briefed to me by my folks, the people who were my folks at the time, is that they had gotten the information from the private party that they needed to understand the intrusion by the spring of 2016. Let me go back, if I can, very briefly, to the decision to publicly go out with your results on the email. Hillary's email investigation. Was your decision influenced by the Attorney General's tarmac meeting with the former President Bill Clinton? Yes, in in a ultimately uh, conclusive way. That was the thing that capped it for me, that I had to do something separately to protect the credibility of the investigation, which meant both the FBI and the Justice Department. Were there other things that contributed to that that you can describe in an open session? There were other things that contributed to that. Uh, One significant item I can't, I know the committee's been briefed on. There's been some public accounts of it which are nonsense, but I understand the committee's been briefed on the classified facts. Probably the only other consideration but I guess I can talk about an open setting is that at one point the Attorney General had directed me not to call it an investigation, but instead to call it a matter, which confused me and concerned me. 
but that was one of the bricks in the load that led me to conclude I have to step away from the department if we're to close this case credibly. See, it's all about closing the Hillary email investigation where she was running her secret server classified information. This is why Trump was put in because the U.S. military was not ready to defeat the communists. The U.S. military was not up to, to par. It was in disarray. This is why Trump had to be put in and he followed a script to get everything ready. I will explain later. Director, my last question. Uh, you're not only a seasoned prosecutor. Um, you've lived the FBI for years. You understand the investigative uh, process. You've worked with this committee closely, and we're grateful to you because I think we've, we've mutually built trust in what your organization does and, and what we do. Is there any doubt in your mind that this committee can carry out its oversight role in the 2016 Russian involvement in the elections in parallel with the now special counsel that's been set up? No, no doubt. It can be done. It requires lots of conversations. But Bob Mueller is one of this country's great, great pros, and I'm sure you all will be able to work it out with him to run it in parallel. I want to thank you once again. I want to turn to the vice chairman. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And your comments to your FBI family, I know we're heartfelt, know that um, even though there are some in the administration who have tried to smear your reputation. You had acting director McCabe in public testimony a few weeks back and in public testimony yesterday reaffirm that the vast majority of the FBI community had great trust in your leadership and obviously uh, trust in your integrity. I want to go through a number of the meetings that you referenced in your testimony. And let's start with the January 6th meeting in Trump Tower. Now these meetings, subsequent meetings, led to Flynn being hatched, which created the special counsel, the memos being created, leaked to the press, and then all the bad people in the FBI subsequently jumping on the special counsel as the bait, thinking they were going to influence the election by firing Flynn or getting on Flynn and then getting Trump fired from office, basically. And it all backfired. They all got tagged. They all got fired. Where you went up with a series of officials to brief the president-elect on the Russia investigation. My understanding is you remained afterwards to brief him on, again, quote, some personally sensitive aspects of the information you relayed. Now, you said after that briefing, you felt compelled to document that conversation, that you actually started documenting it as soon as you got into the car. Now, you've had extensive experience at the Department of Justice and at the FBI. You've worked on the presidents of both parties. What was it about that meeting that led you to determine that you needed to start putting down a written record? A combination of things. I think the circumstances, the subject matter, and the person I was interacting with. Circumstances first, I was alone with the President of the United States, or the President-elect, soon to be President. The subject matter, I was talking about matters that touch on the FBI's core responsibility and that relate to the president-elect president, president -elect personally, and then the nature of the person. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting, and so I thought it really important to document. That combination of things I'd never experienced before, but it led me to believe I got to write it down, and I got to write it down in a very detailed way.
And then they all took the bait on the special counsel. Fired, fired, fired. Struck, Page, McCabe, Gonzo. I think that's a very important statement you just made. And my understanding is that then, again, unlike your dealings with presidents of either parties in your past experience, in every subsequent meeting or conversation with this president, you created a written record. Did you feel that you needed to create this written record of these memos because they might need to be relied on at some future date? Sure. I created records after conversations, and I think I did it after each of our nine conversations. If I didn't, I did it for nearly all of them, especially the ones that were substantive. I knew that there might come a day when I would need a record of what had happened, not just to defend myself, but to defend the FBI and, and our integrity as an institution and the independence of our investigative function. That's what made this so, so difficult, is it was a combination of circumstances, subject matter, and the particular person. And so in all your experience, this was the only president that you felt like in every meeting you needed a document because at some point, using your words, he might put out a non-truthful representation of that meeting. Now, that's that's right, Senator. And I, I, as I said in my written testimony, as FBI director, I interacted with President Obama, and I spoke only twice in three years uh, and didn't document it. When I was Deputy Attorney General, I had one one-on-one -on -one meeting with President Bush about a very important and difficult national security matter. I didn't write a memo documenting that conversation either. Sent a quick email to my staff to let them know there was something going on. But I didn't feel with President Bush the need to document it in that way. Be again, because of the combination of those factors just wasn't present with either President Bush or President Obama. I think that is very significant. I think others will probably question that. Now, our, the chairman and I have requested those memos. It is our hope that the FBI will get this committee access to those memos so that, again, we can read that contemporaneous rendition so that we've got your side of the story. Now, I know members have said and press have said um, that if you were a great deal has been made of whether the president you are asked to, in effect, indicate whether the president was the subject of any investigation. And my understanding is prior to your meeting on January 6th, you discussed with your leadership team whether or not you should be prepared to assure then-President-elect Trump that the FBI was not investigating him personally. Now, my understanding is your leadership team agreed with that, but was that a unanimous decision? Was there any debate about that? It wasn't unanimous. Um one of the members so basically he's telling here that it wasn't unanimous because there were people who wanted to investigate trump and get trump out of office he's just confirming what i told you the leadership team had a view that although it was technically true we did not have a counterintelligence file case See? open on then president-elect trump he was not under investigation for being blackmailed by the russians his concern was because we're looking at the potential Again, that's the subject of the investigation. Coordination between the campaign and Russia, because it was President Trump, President-elect Trump's campaign, this person's view was inevitably his behavior, his conduct, will fall within the scope of that work. And so he was reluctant to make the statement that I made. I disagreed. I thought it was fair to say what was literally true. There is not See? a counterintelligence investigation of Mr. Trump. And I decided in the moment to say it, given the nature of our conversation. At that See, 
President Trump was never under investigation for blackmail. The Steele dossier was not an FBI investigation for blackmail on Donald Trump. This was an investigation on Hillary being blackmailed by the Russians. This takes me back all the way to the debates. The Russian government has engaged in espionage against Americans. They have hacked American uh, websites, American accounts of private people, of institutions. Then they have given that information to WikiLeaks for the purpose of putting it on the internet. This has come from the highest levels of the Russian government, clearly from Putin himself, in an effort, as 17 of our intelligence agencies have confirmed, to influence our election. So I actually think the most important question of this evening, Chris, is finally, will Donald Trump admit and condemn that the Russians are doing this and make it clear that he will not have the help of Putin in this election, that he rejects Russian espionage against Americans, which he uh, actually encouraged in the past. Those are the questions we need answered. We've never had anything like this happen in well, any of our elections before. See, she is being blackmailed to do the Steele dossier because they didn't want Trump to succeed. She wants open borders. Now we can talk about Putin. I don't know Putin. He said nice things about me. If we got along well, that would be good. If Russia and the United States got along well and went after ISIS, that would be good. He has no respect but for they're her. Not. They're not. He has no respect for our president. And I'll tell you what, we're in very serious trouble because we have a country with tremendous numbers of nuclear warheads, 1,800, by the way, where they expanded and we didn't. 1,800 nuclear warheads, and she's playing chicken. Look, Putin, well, wait, wait, from but, everything I see, has no respect for this person. Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet as president of no the United puppet, States. No puppet. And it's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit no, you're that the, the Russians have engaged in cyber attacks against the United States of America. I'm just so far ahead of the ball game here on the Awakener podcast. And I just want to take you through the timelines that happened after the Mueller investigation failed. So the Mueller investigation was a turning point. Okay. Why was it a turning point? Because this blackmail that was used against Hillary, they did the Steele dossier to try to stop Trump. It was all bait, didn't work out. So then what happened after that failed? Well, you remember the impeachment fiasco was hatched. The impeachment fiasco was hatched and the FBI leadership now at this point is completely cleaned out. So everybody who is bad, Strzok, Page, McCabe, FBI leadership is all on the same ballgame. So while Trump was being impeached for basically bullshit crimes that Joe Biden was guilty of, what was the FBI doing at this point? This is fact. You're going to understand everything. Hunter Biden's two associates, Patrick Ho and Devin Archer, are both indicted by the FBI in 2018. Wow. What happens after that? Hunter Biden then by, is put under Secret Service protection. So we know this because an incident happens where it looks like he tried to take his life. He tried to buy a gun, tried to take his life. He knows that he's going down. He knows that they're in big trouble. Holy shit, we're all going down. This is bad. Try send his life. His girlfriend at the time, I believe, takes his gun, throws it in a trash can, calls the Secret Service who were protecting him because they didn't want to tell all the agents in the FBI. They only wanted to keep it secret between the leadership and they didn't want it to leak. Remember how all the real investigations never leak? 
right? What happens after this point? The FBI serves a subpoena. This is Hunter, Hunter Biden is the real story, ladies and gentlemen. The charade of impeachment. Well, Trump is basically bringing out the truth that Joe Biden was a corrupt asshole and his son was a corrupt asshole, prepping everybody. The FBI then serves a subpoena, takes Hunter Biden's laptop, and FBI places him in criminal investigation. At this point, Russia and China are like, oh my God. Fuck, we got to stop this at all costs. Now, you remember I took you back to BHR, this company. It was recently announced in the news that this company uh, was involved in getting these cobalt mines in uh, Africa over to the Chinese that were under control of the U.S. before. Uh, this company, BHR, was working to swindle everything about America's military technology and their resources and what kept them as powers in the world out to the Chinese. So... Well, ask yourself this, how did, how did, <laughs> it's very obvious to me, how did uh, Hunter Biden get, his, get this contract to be on an energy board for, I guess, natural gas when he had no experience is because he was being paid off, right? So at this point, the Russians and the Chinese, they know they're screwed. So a mysterious explosion goes off September 16, 2019 at the Russian biological weapons facility, Vector. Uh, this makes front page news. But at the time, nobody thinks about this. Nobody thinks anything of it. No leaks of any pathogens. This mysterious explosion, nobody was killed, but yet it makes front page news. It's a signal. What happens after this signal? Just two weeks later, Barack Obama signals for Red Dawn on Twitter in a Chinese hat. October 3rd, 2019, Red Dawn or Attack America. And just days after he signals on Twitter in this hat, the first case of coronavirus is released from the Wuhan lab. China and the UN, World Health Organization, all lie about the virus. And China goes on with her daily life, living, literally leaving the globe in shambles, while the rest of us are stuck with the bag. Five million people die globally, all for control. China ships and forged ballots, and Joe Biden wins the election. However, the FBI has already gotten to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, and now Joe Biden is now sitting on the biggest nuclear bomb. This is precisely why I told you in an earlier podcast what they did in Afghanistan. If you look at if you look at Afghanistan, Afghanistan is a military strong point because it is east of Iran. There's no way that Iran, Russia, and China want America to have a military base there they can defend and put F-22 Raptors on. There's no way that will ever happen. This is why Joe Biden was under pressure to give Afghanistan over to the cabal, to the communists, and flip it over to the Taliban instantly. This is what I told you <laughs> months ago. Strategic. That's all this is. And everyone's asking me what my opinion is on the insurrection. January 6th. This is my opinion. The FBI, as you know, was running a sting operation. They're trying to eradicate those in the FBI that are still embedded in the lower echelon. They're also going after the Russian, Chinese, and Ukrainian spies and those in the police department that are embedded, all working together. The last thing they're doing is they're going to obviously prosecute people for the insurrection. And insurrections are going to be extremely illegal in the future because when the treason is announced... And everybody knows the truth and about the blackmail and Epstein and everything can everybody can figure out this communist plot. There can be no riots in D.C. anymore. I am the awakener and you are the awakened.